0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to I Guess We're Grown Ups Now, the podcast about being the kind of adults we want to be. I'm Carrie, and shortly I'll be joined by my co-host Brooke. This is episode number 39 of I Guess We're Grown Ups Now. Today we're talking about friendship. We'll talk about what it means to us, what it's like to be a grown up, and we want to recommend another podcast that's entirely about friendship, which is Friendshipping at friendshipping.simplecast.fm, hosted by Jen and Trin, and they're really good. Uh, That's it. Hope you enjoy the show.
1: Hi, Brock. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. It's so nice to talk to you. Yeah, it is. I think you're my friend, <laughs> it's true, <laughs> <laughs> even though our countries may go to war, we, we will remain friends. <laughs>
0: uh, nations rise up to That's stand great. in our way. If we can, we just, will not,
1: we can just prove to America and Canada that it's possible for us to go and do a thing <laughs> together. So, <laughs> so uh, I saw yeah. uh, a movie yesterday that made me think about a topic for today. Um, I saw Ocean's 8.
0: Ah, I have not seen it, so no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers.
1: Um, You know, I think it's worth watching, but as best I could tell uh, is a movie that largely concerns um, the important topic of friendship. (gasps) Yes, such a good topic. And specifically, like, adult female friendship, um, which is often so fraught. So there is a lot of it that comes up in the movie, um, I think everyone in the movie probably should have been gay, but that's not <laughs> the movie we got. So'll <laughs> that'll be, that'll be... be
0: uh, Oceans eight plus ten. Ten years later, they'll all be in a <laughs> large poly relationship with each other.
1: It's worth reading. I think that Otto uh, Straddle and, and maybe some other avenue like covered sort of the not quite queer baiting, but like definitely like gay insinuation. Right, that happened throughout the film. So, but when you I don't guess... want to sleep with people, it's still hard to make friends.
0: <laughs> yes, that is true. It can be hard to make friends. How do you how do you go about making friends, Brooke?
1: Poorly. No, I don't know. <laughs> I travel a lot, so that's a good start. Yeah, I don't know. I I have very few friends from my high school or college life. Mm-hmm. Most of whom are in Austin and. I see very infrequently. Um, I'm in a Slack channel with a couple of them. But by and large, all my friendships started, you know, in the last 10 years, a lot of them online. So I think my longest standing friendships right now are mostly friends of mine. I know predominantly in the Bay Area that I met through IRC, <laughs> so, <laughs> which dates me a little bit, but um, we had an IRC channel where we talked throughout the day. I think a lot of us, is just like pre-slack, so a lot of us had like, IRC channels at work, and then we had an IRC channel for some friends, and it was kind of an existing friend group I got invited to, right? and most of those people I've kept in touch with, and a lot of them I now have a Slack channel with as well. How about you?
0: Yeah, about the same. I would say uh, my longest term close friends are from work, mm-hmm. so from the job I had you know, 10, 15 years ago, I've I got a couple friends from that that i am still in pretty close touch with um more than just you know liking each other's instagram pictures (laughs) um and yeah and my closest friends beside my sister my sister is uh, i mean she's over and above this conversation it's not the same thing my so my closest group friends i would say is a slack channel and we were like mutual friends of somebody who started the slack channel mm-hmm. and a uh, friend of the show chris annes uh started the slack channel or slack group and then we created a women's only channel in it and that as far as i know is the only still active channel on <laughs> the slack group um and like there's nine or ten of us in there who um were mutual friends of chris's and and then friends of friends and we've gotten to know each other and they're like they're my best friends And we mostly just hang out online. There's one woman actually on there who I've never met before. She lives in Southern California, and she is coming to Saskatoon next week to meet us all, and we are all flipping out. Hi, Anne. Love you. you. Are you mostly
1: in Saskatoon, in that group?
0: Yes, mostly. A couple of us aren't. One moved away, but used to be in Saskatoon.
1: Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I I go to San Francisco all the time. Um, I don't know if people who listen to the show know, but... Uh, my company is in San Francisco, and my partner's in San Francisco or in Oakland. So I go there a lot to like see my friends and to see my coworkers. So I end up having this sort of like split life, yeah, <laughs> which makes it tricky because I spend a great deal of my time either there or in Europe or in Japan. And I mean, I imagine Saskatoon's kind of like Portland, right? Where the winter is a time where people don't necessarily go out and do stuff, right? Do people start yeah. hibernating?
0: Yeah very much so. So
1: you maybe get six months, eight months of, of like quality friend time. Is that overestimating? (laughs) Of
0: patio time? Yeah, that would be overestimating. Yeah. So,
1: and I think it's even harder. I mean, it was at least when I was married and I imagine for you, it's tricky when you're married. And even if you don't have kids, there's like this, this drive to kind of just be with your partner all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, and so as your friends start to hair off as well, whether or not your friends are are, are queer or straight or whatever, you end up being like, oh, I want to eat dinner with you. And they're like, can I bring my boyfriend? Can I bring my girlfriend? (laughs) And you're like, no, I just want to hang out with you. Right. Yeah, it's hard.
0: (laughs) I think there's been, so I'm in my mid 40s now, and I would say that there's been a resurgence of like back to friendship, amongst my peers so the people who've been married 10 to 15 years or so sort of go back to actually i want to hang out with my friends honey you can stay (laughs) home tonight or go out with your friends you know like i think you sort of reach a point i don't know it's probably not the same for all couples um really need to develop relationships outside of the marriage friend relationships presumably but yeah
1: yeah and i i my suspicion is Um, I haven't tested this because I haven't been married twice, but uh, one of the lessons I learned from my first marriage that it's working in my other relationships is to maintain strong friendships even while romantically involved. Mm, Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I've learned that it's really important to have more than one type of relationship in my life at the same time so that I have more support and more variety in my life. So that when I'm having a fight with one person or, I don't know, if my issue is with the person that I'm dating, yeah, then I can talk to somebody else about it. I can go and do things with other people. I, I don't think one person can ever be everything. Although that was the narrative I got growing up, was that yeah, you'll get married and then that person will be like your whole life and they'll complete you. And that sounds bonkers to me now, but I definitely believed it when I was younger.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I get the impression that there is there is a type of person who that can be true for. Um, my parents are, I think, really great examples of, they just, they get, I, I would guess, 95% of their relationship needs from each other. Like, it's an absurdly large amount. And they they are perfectly happy. I, I honestly think they are. I think there is a kind of personality type, perhaps. Sure. And probably the right combination of personality type plus, like, the culture you were raised in and that you continue to live in. Very I mean, small C conservative.
1: Yeah, and um, it, if your expectations are, are that like everyone else will have that,
0: right? Like that's that's problematic.
1: Well, it can be, you, yeah. If totally. you're assuming, if yes, you want to have yeah. if you want to have friendships that go outside of your small C conservative or Christian or other groups, right? Then then it's going to be trickier because people have different expectations.
0: Right. Totally. In
1: my world, yeah. at least, there's a lot of people I know who have multiple relationships with multiple people that are mm-hmm. all sexual, right? That are like polyamorous. And even the people I know who are not poly, I don't know. In the past, when I lived in Texas, I knew more people who were married. I think here in Portland, less of my friends are married. In San Francisco, some of them are starting to get married, but they're also a little bit younger. So I've seen a few waves of marriages and divorces in my life. So I'm always curious, like, well the people who seem like they're really stoked on each other and nobody else that doesn't play out very well um in my experience but I'm you know right. I don't want to root for them to fail but I'm also like well we'll see what happens in 10 years or 15 years when you <laughs> are tired of that person or when you know whatever happens
0: right but also I'm not really interested in telling people who believe they are happy in their very very you know spouse or whatever focused uh relationship that that what they're experiencing isn't real oh totally
1: like, yeah whatever
0: we're all having different lives but let's not voice them on each other at yeah. all Yeah,
1: i don't want to poop people uh in those kind of situations but i will say that like and and i don't know if you've had this experience but for me when that happens usually those friendships start to fall apart because that person in their effort to like spend most of their time with their partner it just doesn't respond as much so you end up having those friendships kind of fall by the wayside Yes. Um, and then sometimes they resurface 10 years later, and sometimes they don't. I have, I know some people who have friends, I don't know how they're still friends with these people, where you only hear from that person every two years when they have a breakup. Right. And they're like, I'm so sad I'm having a breakup. And you're like, well, how are we, like, why do you want to still be friends with me? Like, you don't actually seem to care about my stuff or ever talk to me when you're quote unquote happy in a relationship. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I don't, I'm not friends with anybody who's in that kind of relationship. I'm only related to them.
1: (laughs) Totally. Yeah, and I've known some people who are in those relationships. Um, I don't know very many anymore, and uh, a lot of those people are not in relationships anymore. But I think, to me, one of the biggest, going back to, like, the, the friendship thing, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from all of that is to find people who share your goals and share your sort of, like... Like large overarching life choices. Mm -hmm. And if not sharing 100%, at least like understand yours and have room for them. Like if if you want to have a lot of adult friends who go and get drinks sometimes and like enjoy movies, then you may not get along with people super well who have the desire to have a bunch of kids and can't go out, right? Yeah. So you have to find people who are like in a similar life circumstance and recognize that maybe those friendships will end or change once their life changes too. Like I can't expect everybody I know to stay the same forever, nor me, but I will like there's some people I know that I probably won't go to the bar with anymore for right. various reasons. <laughs> so.
0: Right. Yeah. I think I think that's why an outside framework like IRC or Slack channels or for example, a church or you know whatever it is, sort, sort of this of third party yeah, structure
1: we're um, a book group, like a book club.
0: Yeah, like that's how you stay in these sort of non, um, oh, what's the word, like like uh, uh, non-homogeneous relationships yeah. where you're friends with people who are unlike you, right. but because you have this thing that keeps you, that brings you together.
1: When well, we talked about this in like our episode about community participation too, right? This is how mm. when you volunteer, you meet people that way and maybe yep. you would never hang out elsewhere. But for that hour or two hours a week or a month, maybe you have some friends that are like, these are my volunteer friends and these are my gym friends. And these are my friends that I see at book club. And then these are these my ride right my... or die friends that I will see every week for the rest of my life. <laughs>
0: these are my jewelry robbery friends.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is Sandra Bullock. Um, <laughs> we're real close. And I, and I have friends too that just are not as good about being on the internet and so our friendship is different because of that, um, because I spend my day yeah. on the internet. And so I, I have close friends who never are on Slack, who I would never get to be on Slack. And so, you know, we have a text message relationship or I stay at their house when I visit them. And they're close, but also, you know, we check in with each other. Um, I think that's the other key thing is it doesn't just happen on its own. You have to do the work. Yes. Like, it's not like living in the dorms where you can just walk down the hallway and knock on your friend's door and be like, what do you have to? You have to remember, oh, yeah, I wonder how Danny's doing right now. I wonder how Katie's doing right now or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I think that I think there are some relationships where that works if only one if one person is always the initiator. But I think most friendships work best when there's at least a nod toward I do this once or twice and then you do this once or twice. Getting in touch with the person.
1: Have you ever set up calendar reminders to message your friends?
0: <laughs> uh I would not say uh, never. I don't have <laughs> any that are repeating, I don't.
1: Think. Yeah, I I used to. I, I think it was like right around the time of my divorce. I just realized I'd been really bad at friendship and so I took a note and was like, All right, I'm going to every three months make sure I talk to these people. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: I do that at work funny enough like there's people who co-workers who I'm friends with who I have one-on-one set up with that are not work related really they're friendship related
1: that's a cool strategy just like you get in a video call and talk to each other yeah I love that yeah
0: yeah I love it too they're those people are super important to me and I think honestly most of them are people who, if we didn't work the same company, like if one of us were to leave, I'm not sure we would stay friends, Yeah. but it's super important for us to have work friends. I think work friends are really, like for me, they've been a very important part of my work life,
1: all my career. It changes things. And I, I think it's hard if your company is really small or if a lot of the people <laughs> you would talk to a lot are only in your management structure. Yes, but yeah, if your company is like medium sized, you can talk to people in different groups or people who do what you do but in different areas.
0: Yeah. I was friends when I worked at um big company, very mm-hmm. big company in Toronto, I was friends with like the guy who worked in the mailroom. Oh no. Nice. And it was yeah, it was like a really super friendship. We like could go for coffee pretty much whenever. But like our jobs didn't have anything to do with each other. I think we got strange looks because here I was <laughs> You know, an information developer hanging out with, like, the blue collar. Uh, and but it was a great friendship. And
1: and I bet yeah. your mail, your mail always got delivered.
0: Totally, I would get <laughs> I would get instant phone calls about packages.
1: I used to bribe a um, IT person with hobnobs because he was British and I had an import thing. And I would talk to him about Doctor Who and give him hobnobs, and he would help me with like networking stuff. So nice um that was more of a friendship of convenience but I <laughs> those work too my company is pretty small my company is 11 people total I believe and a lot of the people at work have kids um a couple of people at work all kind of each other beforehand and yeah we hang out like here and there I have a coworker who we just hired recently in town and he and I will get like do co-working and kind of do the friend thing a little bit. It's always a little bit fraught because you're like, I don't want to associate this hangout with friend with work time all the time. But that's yes. one of the main reasons we know each other. So yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it can be, it can be really nice. And I think that there's like a lot of advice out there to not be friends with your coworkers to like, just in case. But I I cannot imagine going to an office where I wasn't at least friendly with some people.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think work friendships aren't any more fraught than re- other like real life (laughs) friendships like I think you can get into dangerous territory dangerous I mean like emotionally exhausting or hurtful things like with any friendship not just ones at work so totally I guess it's weird if the person is like determining your salary
1: well I think like it's way better or way easier to to be friends with someone at work than to date someone at work
0: yeah that's probably a very different thing
1: yeah like the dating less good but just hanging out, grabbing a drink every once in a while. Just be really careful. Um, mm. It's probably a good idea to never really, in my opinion, it's a good <laughs> idea to never drink so much that you lose control or, or don't know what you're saying. But especially when it's a coworker, um, you run some more risks. That's how you make your money to like yeah. pay for your life. So don't say everything all the time. <laughs> keep keep in mind like behaviors and attitudes um, that you would have at like a conference or if your boss was around yeah that's Um, good advice and I've known some places where like everybody is really uncouth and it's sort of the culture I don't do well in those places Um, but uh, yeah (laughs) your mileage may vary I guess (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to think if you're not an internet person and the idea of being on a slack or on twitter where I've also met a lot of friends sounds awful to you like meet up clubs things like that are really really helpful games nights yeah like like we said the gym or community group and also there's that feeling i think um for me at least when you first meet somebody and you're like i think they're cool i think i want to be friends with them that isn't dissimilar from that feeling you get when you want to date someone
0: totally and it can be
1: just as nerve-wracking to kind of say hey um do you want to go get a drink sometime (laughs) like uh." and then (laughs) <laughs> you're thinking, and probably they're thinking too, like, this person's too cool for me. There's no way we can actually be friends. But it's worth it. The worst thing they can say is no. Um, and that's not that right. bad. You can survive a no.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, one of the ways of meeting people that do you, you can be really good friends with is sometimes hanging out with people who you're only, like, so-so friends with. One of the ways to meet people is to go hang out with people you're kind of acquainted with. It's, it's risky mm-hmm. and, like, hard for people who are shy or introverted or whatever but you have to view it as a step like in a process you
1: have to progress the friendship
0: if i'm gonna hang out with a person they will be my best friend
1: it's also a thing kind of wild but um when you hang out with people who you're somewhat friends with you might meet their friends and their friends you might get along with really well so yes it's a It's like a hit or miss. I would also highly recommend figuring out your like ideal group size. I know like the Nancy podcast has been talking about sort of your gaggle, which is this idea of like, like the L word or something, where you have like 10 friends and you do everything together and you like see each other at this coffee shop all the time. And you have an intermingling like web of like gossip and brunch. That may not work for you. There's that Twitter joke of like the most unrealistic thing about Jesus's story is that he had 12 close friends in his 30s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, I, I think it's amazing if you have two or three people in your life that you care about enough to talk to often, you might have a whole lot more, you might prefer seeing people in groups. For for me, I hate parties. Um, and I really prefer one on ones or small, small hangouts, like below six people. So mm-hmm. I've structured my life around that. Like I don't invite a lot of people to things I don't throw parties, I don't go to parties. But I do reach out to individual people to like, go to dinner to go get drinks maybe sometimes I'll invite two or three people to go get drinks um, or to go get brunch and that feels good to me yeah Um, I have energy for that because I don't go to the parties right and maybe it's really hard for you in a one-on-one situation to think of what to say and you prefer to be like a background player and maybe you just want to find a couple friends that you can quietly watch tv with those are all awesome things you just have to know kind of what you're looking for um, because I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all yeah do you have friends that you go running with?
0: No. No, I don't <laughs> run with anyone. I'm a lone runner. Lone runner. Um, I'm a lone runner. Um, occasionally, I've gone uh, on photo walks with friends. Oh, nice. Yeah, that can be really fun. Like
1: Flickr style, back in the day.
0: Yes, totally. <laughs> back in the day, Flickr. Um, yeah, I enjoy doing that. It's kind of fun to like have something to talk about Yeah. while you're... Um, you know, you talk about the photography, but you're hanging out
1: with a person. Um, and it's a little bit easier to, like, actually keep up and talk to them if you're not running.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at yes. least for me. Well, <laughs> you're supposed to run at a pace where you can hold a conversation. So. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, that pace is not running for me. <laughs> <laughs> I smoked for too long. <laughs>
0: uh, I, another uh, great way is
1: else. you can start a podcast. <laughs> yes, that's true. Podcasts
0: are excellent for friends. This
1: is a large part of what keeps our friendship going, uh, even though we are not always as good about recording often.
0: It's true. To some degree,
1: it was like an excuse for us to be friends.
0: You are the one friend who has a recurring meeting on my calendar. (laughs) It's true. Sometimes we cancel, but it's there.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of cool. It it seems like even for famous podcasts or big podcasts, a lot of the reason people do them is to talk to their friends, (laughs) like at least the ones I listen to, the ones I like other ones where it's people just kind of catching up and, and like shooting the shit about whatever
0: yeah exactly uh so what else did what else did Ocean's 8 have to say about friendship
1: Ocean's 8 um let's see it mostly was just this your friends may not always trust you because of mistakes you've made but they'll give you another <clears> chance <throat> a lot of the people in the movie were new friends they weren't necessarily uh old friends I think that Kate Blanchett's character and I'm blanking right now Sandy Bullock that's the one Sandra Bullock <laughs> Yeah. They, they were friends before, or maybe they were lovers before. It's never quite clear. Uh, but everybody else, with the exception of maybe, like, one other person, is, is new to the group. Right. But they kind of, like, develop this friendship through mutual trust and respect. And you can kind of tell in, like, these little group scenes that, like, some people get along better than other people. And some people are a little bit more awkward. But, yeah, it's kind of cute. It's just a bunch of, like, I don't know, people doing a project together. So I don't think yeah. you have to rob a bunch of jewels to become friends with people, but... You know, shared interests. <laughs> but
0: great, right, exactly. Clearly it can work.
1: So it's also, I, I, I will, we've largely talked about, I know we haven't specifically talked about this, but to me, like friends of the same gender can be really awesome, whether you're queer or, sh- or straight, like it's, yes, it's really nice to have people who kind of like get it at a basic level. Um, mm-hmm. I've known a lot of women who like seem to mostly hang out with men, but I don't know. It's not my jam.
0: Yeah, I was, I had a lot of guy friends, um, I would say from like late high school through college and the first few years outside, um, I was more of a, you know, I'm friends with guys a lot. Mm-hmm. I would say toward the end of my 20s, like I met a couple of super close girlfriends. And for me, the ratio has sort of completely flipped, almost entirely friends with women now. I'm straight for the record, just for listeners in case they're not clear ratio for me has flipped. I have a couple of guy friends who I see you know somewhat regularly or hang out with online regularly but my my and buddies are are women, yeah,
1: and I'm gay, but most of my friends are also women, and like I don't sleep with all my friends um, right. <laughs>
0: I don't sleep with my guy friends
1: <laughs> yeah you you can have friends that you could. Theoretically, sleep with without feeling totally sick and still not do it. I don't know. It's a, <laughs> it's a magical yeah. concept. I also look for people in my life that give as much as I give. So yes. what that means is every time we talk, they're not demanding that I give them support, but never actually asking how I'm doing. Right. Um, the kind of people that I can trust to kind of like read my mood a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. That even if I'm like not doing well or if they can kind of tell they haven't talked in a while they can reach out and like ask me how I'm doing it's it's like a eternal search I guess because some people are also more prone to depression and they may not yeah. be able to like reach out themselves I found that like yeah, that's one I oh, really
0: struggle with is like figuring out that boundary of they need space versus they really should have somebody reaching out to them right now I, that's
1: yeah it's hard to I know. I feel like
0: friendships dissolve over that kind of thing.
1: It, yeah, they ah. really do. And, I, and some people like, do not want to be reached out to. And once again, that's back to me, at least. That's back to the, you know, find the kind of styles of friendships you're looking for. Right. Like, if, if you are the kind of person who wants to reach out, you need to find people who are okay with that. Yes. It's probably not going to be a good match if you always find people who are like, don't talk to me, I'm sad right now.
0: Right, right. And also, I mean, friendships change over time. Like over the course of three, five, seven, ten years, you know, people's needs change and their styles change. And so your friendship might might intensify or it might lay off. It's hard to say.
1: And it can also feel like a bummer when friendships fade out or when you have an actual friend breakup. That can be really upsetting. Um, And I think there's not a lot of good support systems in place for friend breakups totally not like if you and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend break up people usually get that you're sad but if you and a friend break up or if you have a friend that just kind of hasn't been in your life much anymore it can feel just as awful sometimes worse in a lot of cases and
0: yeah it's really helpless feeling
1: yeah and like being able to articulate that to people that are still in your life to kind of say like hey i'm really upset because like i cared about jim and we just don't see each other anymore and that's a bummer and i tried to reach out and just nothing's happening Um, And some people, you don't know how they're going to react to, like, a major situation until it happens. So, you know, I've had friends who, when they go through a breakup or when they go through a job transition, they become unreachable for a while. Mm, Yeah. And I always thought they were, like, really, you know, bubbly and, like, always up for hanging out. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, where did they go? And it just turns out I'd never seen them through that part of their life. So there's, like, these cycles. Yeah. But in my opinion everyone who's listening to this deserves friends that like see them for who they are and, and love them for who they are um where you don't have to like bend over backwards and change to be able to be friends with those people where right? you can just show up and be yourself scars and all i guess yeah but it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> it never gets easier i don't think
0: no i think that's true in fact i think in a lot of ways the rules get fuzzier the older you get about are you friends or not like that's weirder the older you get it was real easy when we were 10
1: yeah yeah exactly and when you had to call your parent or your friend's parents house and talk to them and ask <laughs> yes. them if they could go out <laughs> when i bet too like you have friends or sort of friends like you're i bet that your daughters have friends and your daughter's friends parents and you sometimes talk but yeah then it's like should we hang out <laughs> are we just like, are we friends by proxy? <laughs>
0: yeah, I've tried hanging out with some of my daughter's friends' parents. And I would say that when they were little, it kind of worked. Like yeah. when they were five, six, seven, that worked. But soon it was clear that really our only shared interest was our kids. Right. And you get to a certain age and that's boring. And if your kids have a falling out, then then you're really messed up. It's yeah. super awkward dealing with parents of your kids friends it is so uh it is
1: super <laughs> awkward It yeah. sounds pretty tricky uh... and I'm just imagining that like for some parents the idea of their kids going off and doing something at another parent's house is like a good opportunity to do your own thing and yes. you don't necessarily want to see those parents you're like no no I'm finally doing something <sighs> for me
0: and the stupid conversations at the door when, someone, when you go to pick up your kid and there's this like five minutes while your kid's getting their crap together and you're like, so Bonnie, how are things? How's your job? Uh, oh, There's your dog. Let's talk about your dog for a second. Like it's, it's just it's and like it's not her fault. It's just a horrible, awkward conversation
1: all the time. Yeah, it's just that you you won't be friends with everyone. And even no. people that like, by all means you could be friends, there's no reason for you to be friends. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing. It is. <laughs> ah, friendship.
0: Uh it's it's a glorious thing. I'm <laughs> glad we're friends, Brooke.
1: But I think it's worth it overall. Yes. And yeah. Well, um, I think that probably covers most of this stuff i i hope that everyone who's listening to this got something out of it and maybe like has the desire to reach out to a friend just call one friend this week or text yeah. whatever whatever people want snapchat a friend i don't know what's cool anymore
0: <laughs> reach out to them and say hey we haven't talked in a while just want to see how are you doing yeah do you want to get together for a skype or a podcast or a coffee or a beer
1: i think most people react positively to that and if they don't react positively to positively to that then then I don't know find a new friend
0: (laughs) yeah I would say send out that invitation loosely because if they don't reciprocate you you just let it go it's not a thing
1: and unlike a dating service it's okay to reach out to more than one friend at a time (laughs) with a similar message (laughs) I've definitely had a night or two where I've been like I want to get dinner and there's three people I would get dinner with and I'm going to message them all right now and (laughs) one or two of them are going to get back to me. And if they all get back to me, we can all go to dinner. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Awesome. That is easier to manage than... It, it works out. Take advantage of the spring thaw and maybe the summer, if there's a summer yes. in your area.
0: <laughs> Hopefully someday soon.
1: Well, I'm glad that we're friends. And uh, I look forward to talking to you uh, maybe next week.
0: Yes. All right. Bye, Brooke. Bye. You can find this podcast on the Good Stuff Podcast Network at goodstuff.fm slash grownups, where you can listen to past episodes and see show notes and links to some of the things we talk about. I Guess We're Grown Ups Now is also on iTunes and lots of podcast apps. If you want to contact us on Twitter, the show is at grownups underscore fm.